0: community chronic ills. I'm Maddie and I'm Kyle and this is going to be a rough one because my brain's not turned on but we're here today with Danielle. Danielle tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hi guys um, I am 30 years old. I am from Philadelphia and I was diagnosed with gastroparesis in 2017. Another one. IBS in 2021. Another one. And just about three days ago, fibromyalgia. Another one. So it's I'm a just party. excited
0: we got you on like, it's right like after. the first week of you being officially diagnosed with fibro.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so hopefully special. my fibro fog doesn't mess anything up, you know? Now right I have right. a name for it. Before I was like, why do I keep forgetting random
0: things? Like the name of the podcast that you've made up? <laughs> yeah. I'll never. Yeah. Never heard of her. She sounds hideous. So what are we going to be talking about today, Danielle?
1: Advocating for yourself with your family. Super important,
0: especially for chronically chill people. Pretty good. I like that. All <laughs> right. Um just a brief overview. What in your opinion is advocating for yourself and why is it important when you have a chronic illness?
1: Great question. Um, Advocating for yourself to me is sticking up for yourself, um, speaking up, um, saying no, saying yes, just anything that is like outright saying what you feel, saying what you know, um, especially when you're when you're chronically ill. There's a lot of things that you can't do or you aren't used to doing um, and especially if you've been diagnosed like kind of recently um, and your family or your friends aren't used to your lifestyle changing. So um, advocating is really important because you have to tell people how you feel and you have to stick up for yourself. And if something doesn't seem right or something doesn't sound right or if someone's saying something that you're like, that's not right, you should definitely say something. But you should be nice about it, but that's just me.
2: Of course. And like, would you say advocating for your family, with your family versus like a medical doctor are similar, different?
1: They can be similar. Um, I think it's a little different because it's a little more personal. Um, With a doctor, um, they're more like a medical professional that, you know, is supposed to do the right thing, but not always does Um, with with your family it's a little different because like they've kind of known you your whole Mm -hmm. life so it's kind of it's situational I would say for Mm -hmm. sure like for me I've had both ends of the spectrum where like some people are like super understanding and then other family members are like you're faking and like you want this for attention and like you you like you weren't like this a month ago so Mm -hmm. you know like yeah. So it's definitely situational, but I can talk you guys through how to deal with that kind of stuff.
0: I have always been chronically ill, um, and so my family—it was just you know growing up, it was the norm, and yeah. obviously my health fluctuated. But um, I think especially when you're diagnosed later in life, like it's not something you've had your entire life. There's like a major learning curve with yeah. with family, especially, and like oh, so things aren't the same. Um, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. And that's, that's kind of how I was. I mean, with my narcolepsy, it's, I was always the kid that was running around doing everything, always constant. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's weird. I mean, especially it's hard. I found the biggest thing is you have to find it in yourself before you can advocate for yourself. Cause that was something I struggled with for a long time. And I still do a little, you know, about, yeah. you know, being okay with it for myself to, you know, you know, for asking sure. for those accommodations.
1: I mean, it's for me, because I mean, I was just diagnosed with my earliest illness in 2017. So I definitely was very healthy up. Well, not very healthy, but I was up until then. It's all relative. Relatively healthy, relatively healthy um I mean I was doing everything I, I I was like a crazy athlete um I used to competitively figure skate I used wow. to do like a lot of a lot of stuff and like that feels like a whole different person now compared to what I could like I could barely take a walk down the street but um yeah so like for my family it was kind of shocking for them because like I I'm a super bubbly energetic person normally but this year like kind of my whole personality changed because I wasn't able to do those things I don't have a lot of energy um I'm still trying to like kind of figure out like who I am with my illnesses right now and I think like what you said, definitely like finding it in within yourself before you advocate to other people is so true because I'm a pretty outspoken person. And like, I don't have any problems saying like, Hey, you bumped into me or like, Hey, like you messed up or, or whatever. But like, when it comes to like your health and your illness, especially like something that you're just learning to deal with is really hard. Like you almost feel like, shy or like uncertain or like should I like is it right to or like oh well maybe they know better than me when it's like no like you know yourself best um, but it definitely takes like some courage to do that because I mean like for example when I was in the hospital like I had a doctor tell me like you don't look like you're in pain and I was like well are you in my body because like I am and like for a chronically ill person who is chronically in pain we look normal because we literally have to deal with pain 24/7 so I like know. i'm not going to be like all the time because like i'm used to like wouldn't get anything
0: done if i did yeah
1: like i'm like i have to learn to live with it which is sad mm-hmm. and upsetting and like so frustrating but it's reality
0: 100% i struggled for a long time probably until this year, I would say with like, I just would react to things that would trigger me, but I didn't recognize that I was triggered by situations. Like, yeah, especially like with things that dealt with like medical issues, um, you know, whether it was hospitalizations or getting diagnosed or being gaslit, you know, throughout kind of that process of being diagnosed, I wouldn't realize like why I was reacting to certain things. Like they could be random things, but like conversations with my family and that really impacted the way, um, you know, our relationship worked and it was, it was definitely a really big struggle, but there wasn't anything I could do. Like advocating wasn't helping because I couldn't identify what was causing my behavior. If that makes Mm -hmm. sense, like. And so I had to, really before I could figure out how to advocate for myself, I really had to figure out how to identify what I was feeling. And like, I never realized that that was like a process that you had to figure out.
1: I mean, you're dealing with so many emotions, like not just in general, but like throughout the day, just because like for me, like things change constantly throughout the day. Like this morning I woke up in like the worst back pain ever and was like, how am I going to get through the day? And then like with movement and doing certain things like, and medication, um, I am now like at a stable point where I can co- be like comfortable and able to like do this podcast. But, um, especially with that, like your family that like lives with you every day and like sees you like struggling, they can understand that, but your family that you don't maybe see all the time, like for example, when I had Thanksgiving this year, um, you know, I was really worried because my family hadn't seen me since the pandemic because, you know, I wasn't seeing anyone and I was pretty healthy before I saw them and then I had just gotten released from the hospital and I wasn't going to hug or kiss anyone because I was terrified of getting COVID and I didn't want you know any questions about like how are you feeling or like I was so scared and I like built up this like whole scenario in my head of like, if someone says this, then what am I gonna say? And if someone does this, then what am I gonna do? And I like worked myself up like so much for nothing because my family for the most part was very understanding and very um nice to me. And I had like all these like worst case scenarios in my head, which you know, me having a little bit of anxiety, like of course I'm going to have those things, but you know, I also think it's important for you to kind of think worst case scenario because then you can kind of plan like what you say. Um, but, you know, I can kind of talk about advocating for yourself with family members that get it and advocating for yourself with family members that don't, because I definitely have both sides of the spectrum. For me, like with advocating for for yourself with someone that doesn't really understand. Um, I have a family member that has like a knee issue, um, which can be chronic, uh, but it's not a chronic illness. Um, And while it may bother them on the daily basis, it's like completely different. (laughs) Um, So for me, and I, I, was very close with this family member. So for me, this was like very like kind of heartbreaking because like I just wasn't being understood. And I don't think like even now I'm still understood by this family member. But um I kind of had to say like this is a little bit different than your like day to day. Like I understand a lot of people want to I guess sympathize or like empathize with you and like compare with you. Not realizing that's actually like kind of harmful mm-hmm. for you um and it's like not a competition and i think that for me what i had to do was kind of take a step back and say like okay this is how my family member is and like no matter like what you say to someone it's it's kind of comes down to like how they are as a person like you're never going to be able to change someone so mm-hmm. but you can change how you react to someone mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I kind of realized through this yeah. process. Um, I said, you know, like, we're like, this is a little different, you know, like, I know that you're used to me being a certain way. My health has taken a turn. Um, I'm not the same person I was. And, you know, this illness, like has kind of taken over my life. And I'm kind of trying to nav- navigate that the best that I can. Um, and I kind of actually distance myself a little bit from yeah. them which has been mentally amazing for me because like now I don't have that anxiety around that sure. um but you know they kind of got the hint and got the picture and stopped comparing themselves and yeah. you know they'll check in yeah. with my mom about me but they won't really like talk to me about it because to mm-hmm. me it's just triggering and it's just not really worth that like go around it's not worth the mental like sadness that it brings me um but you know still they'll they'll like send me like oh I got this book and it's like about like eating right for your health and I'm like like come on like how the same (laughs) like so it's just like some people will just not get it no matter how how you advocate for yourself or how you try to so it's important to realize like it may not be you it may be them and you know I love the saying that I think I heard like years ago but it really applies to me now is that like it's not how like the situation unfolds or like how the situation is brought to you it's really how you react to it Mm -hmm. and you have only so much energy in your day you only have so many things that you can worry about and like I think it's really important to pick and choose like what you worry about like is this going to matter to you in five years if so worry about it if it's not going to matter to you in five years why are you worried about it if is it going to matter to you in five minutes 10 minutes an hour you really have to pick and choose your you know energy
0: yeah I think you know focusing on what is in your control can be so huge because yeah living with a chronic illness there's a lot that is not in your control. And so when you when you control you know how you react I think that can be really empowering. Yeah. 100%. I mean I also
1: you know one of my very close family members I'm trying not to like name names right now cuz what if they listen. Um one of my close family members um, you know, they, they also have a chronic illness, um, but they're older and it's not really been like diagnosed to them as a chronic illness. So they just think that that's just how life is. And, you know, you, no matter what you have to, you know, go to, go to your job, you have to do this, you have to do that. You have to show up, which I, I agree with, but there are certain things that, you know, you, you learn to live with that now, like I can't do like, so if a big contention um is like me working mm-hmm. and I'm unable to work right now mm-hmm. I don't have energy I don't have the right tools yet I'm not on the right medication yet I mean god forbid I would love to get back to work but mm-hmm. it's just not in my cards right now right and um this family member is always like when are you gonna get a job when are you gonna do this when are you gonna do that as if like it's a choice for me that I can make which I can't like if I could I would be running a marathon I would be doing all these things that I want to do I would even be going to get coffee I can't even go to get coffee right now so there are so many things that I want to do that I can't do and like people don't realize like it's not really a choice for us
2: and I think it's so yeah I just feel like it's very important like like you said is learning to live with it but mm -hmm. also knowing where you are like being resilient and pushing yourself but also yeah knowing you know me living with it is not going to be like a normal person is exactly sometimes you can't live with it to what a normal person life would be. And I think it's just important to really advocate for that and be like, you know, this is, this is awesome for me, you know, and pushing and learning and just going one step, like, Oh man, you know, I got to go out and go get a coffee, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. And just being, I guess, okay. And yeah, you have to,
1: you have to find your like, um, little wins like your little things that make you happy like you know getting dressed up more than you would or you know putting on makeup or like doing stuff for you that like makes you happy is, and like that you can do is so important and so like kind of what I did in that situation was like you know I am finding ways for myself to make some money on the side while I'm not technically working Um, you know, or I, I am doing like the best I can, or, you know, I think it's really important, not like part of me, like kind of wants to ignore it and be like, okay, like what they say doesn't matter because they don't really know like what I'm going through. But like, after you hear it so many times, it kind of gets in your head and you're kind of like, why can't you understand? Like, why can't you just get it? Um, so what I started doing was like, because I can be kind of sassy sometimes. So (laughs) I try not to be- I know nothing about that. (laughs) I try not to be kind of like a jerk or like, you know, disrespectful about it. But I kind of want to be like, hey, like I am doing stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I am doing this and, you know, I'm doing that. And, you know, I did this for an hour today or, you know, just like even me going for a walk is like amazing. So like, I, I like to, you know- at the dinner table say like my accomplishments for the day because then it makes it sound like I wasn't laying in bed all day and like another thing that is so kind of frustrating is that like when people see you like laying in bed or not doing anything they're like oh I'm so jealous like I wish I could lay in bed all day and it's like bro no like th- I'm not laying in bed because I want to I'm laying in bed because I have to right, yeah. like I don't take baths at night because it's relaxing I take baths at night because if I don't I will not be able to sleep I will be in so much pain like right. there are things that I do in my life that I'm sure people look at and they're like oh that's like I'm, I'm jealous like they just get to like not do anything all day or they get to you know have a nice relaxing bath or like oh, I wish I could and it's like no, like, this is stuff I have to do so that, like, I can actually, like, have a tolerable, like,
0: lifestyle. When I think that's so often the case where, like, especially, like, with narcolepsy growing up, like, kids would always be, like, why do you get to nap in class? And I don't, I'm, I'd finally tell them, I'm, like, you realize you have to be tired all the time to be able to sleep anywhere, anytime, like, yeah, you can't have one without the other. And, for for people without chronic illness, like has anyone like actually tried to lay in bed for like forty eight hours straight because it gets painful. Like yeah, laying in bed all day is not easy. I don't know where people kind of like get that misconception when they're not yeah. chronically ill, but obviously, and it's boring. It's <laughs> boring. Like no one would choose laying in bed no. all day, opposed as opposed to like going to work and having a career but so often people think that that's like well yeah yeah, I
2: think it's a big thing of yeah you know laying in bed one day is really nice yeah then it's like yeah I think it's I think it's it's kind of interesting now that we've had COVID and people have kind of gotten an experience of not leaving their house you know oh you know everyone is like oh I'm so bored you know, I just want to get out of the house. I want to do this. I'm so tired of watching TV. I'm so tired of, you know, doing the same thing every day. And it's like, exactly. You know what I mean? You couldn't do it for two weeks when you had Mm -hmm. COVID. I'm
1: so glad you brought that up because I literally had a friend say to me like, oh my God, I, I really understand like how you, like, I'm going crazy. Like I, I can't leave my house. I can't do anything. It's like, yeah. Like you have to adjust to this lifestyle especially if you're not used to being ill your whole life like this is such a huge like like not wake up call I don't know what the right word is but like it's such a huge like lifestyle change it's such a huge shock to your system like and I think it's really important that like there are some people in your life that who who do understand and who are like there for you and like advocating with you like mm. thank god for my mom because she literally like well she's in the healthcare profession so she's mm. a little more aware of like chronic illness and like what that actually means um but she also has a best friend that ha- has been chronically ill and like she knows what it means to be like a friend and she knows what it means to like not be able to like do something one day and be able to do something the next day. Like she understands like what that means. And like, I'm so grateful I have her in my life because she's also a really good advocator, like with me, like she understands. And it's really important to have someone like that in your corner, especially when you have like family members that don't understand, like it's important for you to have someone like that, that can like
0: advocate with you. 100%. I think, you know, the people that are receptive to you advocating for yourself a lot of times are the people that then in turn advocate with you and and it's so yeah. cool to see that come full circle you know obviously there are people that just aren't going to have it and you know you you can try a hundred different ways like you said and it still not get through to them but you know, those times that you do when, when you advocate for yourself, um, especially with family, it can be really, really rewarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I had like, so my boyfriend, um,
1: he, so a part of gastroparesis is like, sometimes stuff gets like stuck in your throat and you feel like you can't swallow, or you feel like you're going to like immediately like throw up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got like food stuck in his throat one day and he was like, oh my god is this like what you feel like all the time he's like I feel so bad for you like oh my god and like in that moment he kind of like not that he understood everything but he of kind of realized like mm-hmm. oh shit like or sorry I don't know if I'm allowed to of
0: creative. oh <laughs> we love passwords really i like, like passwords
1: okay I'm like oh like he like he can empathize and he can mm-hmm. he can put himself in my shoes. And I think it's really important to have people like that in your life that even if they have no idea what you're going through, they have no idea what you're feeling. But they can understand like, some days you're not going to be your 100% or you may never be your 100%. Or, you know, you may like just have someone that like, can see in your shoes and see through what you go through is so important. Because it's really lonely to have a chronic illness because a lot of the times you are pretty much alone like you're kind of isolated like you're homebound you're not really able like thank god for like our community because we can talk to each other we can reach each other through like instagram and social media but like before social media existed people were so isolated and they had no one to reach out to and talk to. And like, I mean, I got a little bit of a taste of that before I joined like the social media community and like, was just trying to connect with people that didn't really understand. And it's just like very isolating and you feel like kind of like a freak and you're like, what's wrong with
0: me? No, 100, especially when like, you're, you know, in school, like trying to compare yourself to other people's accomplishments. And even, you know, like, as we, as we enter adulthood, I think it's sometimes hard to like look at each other's uh, accomplishments versus, you know, your own. And yeah. that that, that tendency for like competition between um, like people with chronic illness and people, people that are healthy. Yeah. I mean,
1: com- comparing yourself to other people is definitely like something I was struggling with. Like when I first started this, cause I was like, stuck at home and I like couldn't go out and do anything and I was like god like I'm a loser like I can't you know I can't do anything like I'm 30 years old living with my parents again like this sucks but it's like your situation is so unique and like just because you're in this situation now doesn't mean you're always going to be in this situation and your path is your path and that's not to say that someone else's path is better than yours. Like you're doing the best you can given the best circumstances you have. And, you know, there's always room for like improvement. Like I have a couple of different like projects I'm working on now because, you know it's nice to have things to look forward to and like do things at your own pace. And it's important, especially with chronic illness to find things like you can do that you're comfortable with and proud of and that you can do because some days you're not going to be able to do anything and some days
0: you can do it all exactly yeah,
2: and I think it's really important to like when comparing and stuff like that think realizing that just because you don't do something the same doesn't mean you're not doing it as good or that it's you know it's worse yeah. like a big thing it's with us completely
1: is, different yeah
2: like we don't we don't work a conventional, you know, if you look at it from the outside, like, yeah, we may work 9 30 or 10 to four, like, oh, you only work six hours a day. Well, I'll, you know, we'll go home, take a nap, whatever. And then, you know, you'll sit in front of your TV and I'll work for a couple hours or, you know, uh, working,
0: we work every week, Yeah,
2: you know, working seven days a week, five hours instead of, you know, it's just like,
0: And like, you really have to find what
1: works for you because with a chronic illness, like for me, I know, like I can never go back to a normal nine to five job ever again, because like, I do not have the stamina. I don't have the energy. Like I maybe have like a couple good hours in the morning and then I have to rest. And then I might have a couple good like hours in the evening. Mm -hmm. And like, also you have to, you have to adapt to that. And like, just because you work that way, like that's what works best for you. And that's awesome. And like, that's what keeps you going. And that's what like, you have to find your own rhythm and there's nothing wrong with that. And it's completely like crazy in today's world that people are like judgy about that because like, there are so many people that are like entrepreneurs that like have done this, this and that, and, you know, are so wealthy right now and like living the life and they work like an hour a day. Right. So like if that's what works for you and that's how you like wanted to have your lifestyle, like who's to say that's wrong? Right. Yeah.
0: So bringing that back to advocating for yourself, you know, I think one of the hardest things with chronic illness is your big like family gatherings each year like Thanksgiving and Christmas or whatever where family reunions where everyone's, you know, together and yeah. you know, especially like I the way I pictured is like, you know, when you're like with your cousins, like, and everyone's talking Mm -hmm. about what they're doing, like, it can be so hard because you know, that, that comparison is like side-by-side in conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of tips do you have for navigating um, those conversations and advocating for yourself and that, that tendency for people to compare?
1: Yeah. So I love that you asked that because I actually recently had someone ask me like what I do for a living and it, as it wasn't my family but um that's such a hard question to answer and especially when you're with your family because I guess I don't really care if like friends or like strangers judge me because I don't really like they're they don't really hold that much weight to me Oh well, friends do but like not strangers yeah. um so but your family, like, of course you want your family to accept you and love you and like, you know, all of that. So, I mean, it's super like nerve-wracking when you're like at the dinner table and they're like, what have you been up to? And you're like, laying in bed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So literally, as you, know, as you know, humor is like a huge part of my life. And I like, honestly use it kind of as like a deflection because, um, you know, obviously you're in a certain situation, and you know you might not be able to work right now, and like that kind of feels crappy. Like you know, not being able to support yourself is terrible. So yeah. what I do is I answer with humor first, and then I say, you know, I have a couple different projects I'm working on. You know, I'm really excited about this, this or that, and then I kind of keep the conversation moving. Like it doesn't have to be like a big deal. You don't have to be like. I'm not doing anything. Like I'm sick. Like you don't have to like get like, so like defensive about it. Cause sure. then I think you make like other people feel weird. if you like mm-hmm. you get really weird about it. So I would just keep it like light and airy and just be like, you know what? Um, I have a couple things where I'm working on and I'm really excited about, or if you don't have anything you're working on, you can say, I'm focusing on my health. I'm focusing on yeah. getting better. I'm focusing on myself. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Hey, we're in the prime time to focus on ourselves right now like that's like all the rage right now you know especially like right after January you're like new year new me exactly
2: and I really liked what you said um, earlier about like every night whenever you at the dinner table you kind of say like the things that you know you're proud of that, that you accomplished yeah. that day and I feel like that really helps you know keep you on the mindset of yeah. you know I am doing I am doing something you know and it doesn't, you know, it could be little things and just kind of appreciating those little things every day kind of helps build that confidence when you are in a bigger family setting or um, yeah. With like friends. I really,
1: I really like to say like some accomplishments for the year. So like you don't always see your family, so you're not always together. So they might not know what you did like four months ago. So like that's something like if you have like big milestones, like you can bring those up and, and be like, well, like last month, I did this, and um, you know, like um, my goal for like next month is this. So you can have like you can say things that don't necessarily revolve around like your career. Like you don't have to be like so. Like when someone says like, what do you do for a living? You can be like, oh, well, like what I say is like I make memes. <laughs> I love it. Get paid for it. <laughs> I love I it. Make memes. I love um, it. And people like obviously like my older like aunts and uncles are like, what's a meme? <laughs> and yeah. then. I show them my page and they're like, what? And I'm just like, yeah, you don't get it. It's fine. Like, you know, like nobody, nobody also has to get it or like approve of what you're doing. Like, you and when you validate your approval,
0: yeah, when you validate yourself, I think it's easier to not seek that validation from
1: those yeah. that just and aren't
0: I, going to give it.
1: And I think when you're like excited and like proud of something that you do, like, you don't need anyone's like, appreciation or, like, validation, like, you know, like, I'm really excited about my memes, and I'll, like, I'll be, like, look at this meme I made, and people will be, like, uh, cool, and I'll be, like, I think it's hilarious, and then, like, so, like, if you are excited and happy with what you're doing, like, you don't really need that stuff. Mm -hmm.
0: How do you feel about, like, setting boundaries, like, on topics that you don't want to talk about, things like that? Have you ever done that?
1: Yeah, so, actually at Thanksgiving this year, um, I was really worried because like I had just gotten out of the hospital and like, like that whole experience was really traumatic for me. And I knew everyone was going to be like, how are you feeling? Or like, how are you doing? Or like, what's going on? And like, what, what are your next steps? And like, I really didn't want to talk about any of that, especially like at a holiday dinner. Like I, like that kind of like brings down the mood a little bit. Right. So, um, and, I just, you know, when someone was like, how are you feeling? I'd be like, good. Like, can you pass the potatoes? Or like, um, I'd be like, good, you know, I'm like, really excited to like, get back, get back to life. And like, or or I'd like, say good. And I'd ask them a question back. So like, it kind of takes the pressure off of you. And then one of my family members did like, kind of push and was like, so like, what are you doing? And I was like, you know, like, I'm I'm really not sure and I'm really like I don't really want to talk about it right now it's kind of upsetting and like I'd rather like not talk about it and they were like really understanding um but it's kind of awkward to do that because it's like you know I kind of tried to change it to subject and you like didn't yeah <laughs> you didn't follow like they don't um catch so it. yeah so I would just like always be comfortable with like what you want to say and like kind of like what I said before like have these scenarios in your head just in case because like that was a scenario for me that was like what if they like are insistent on like what am I doing and like how am I going about my treatment and like a lot of the times like we don't really know like what our next step is like you yeah. know, we could wait, like, months for a doctor's appointment, and it'd be over in five minutes, and then we're, like, devastated, like,
0: you just never know, I think so, you made a meme about that, like, yesterday, I
1: and did, I really, really yeah.
0: appreciated it, it made me very bad, it made me a lot of my <laughs> memes are, like, real life experiences,
1: believe oh, yeah. it or not,
0: <laughs> so that actually
1: it. happened to me, Um, but yeah, so, like, I always have, like, a, you know, not really comfortable talking about that, and, like, once, I feel like once you say that, they're, like, oh, shit, like, okay, like, yeah so but it's it's uh, it's so nerve-wracking to kind of be like that because like I'm gen- genuinely like a, like an open person but like some for some reason like some things about my health like I'm super protective about because like I don't even know what's going on so like how can I tell you what's going on you know yeah. so I think it's like really important to like just have kind of like a backup of like what you're gonna say and like don't be shy like these are your family members like you know they're supposed to love you unconditionally so you know like don't be shy like yeah. if if it if you can tell anyone like those things it's your family yeah. um and then another thing you mentioned about boundaries and stuff um i had to rest a lot during my thanksgiving dinner because like i got tired a lot and so I was kind of worried about like what that would kind of look like and that was kind of like a boundary for me because like I'm usually like a oh no it's fine I, I can do it like kind of person but like with chronic illness and with like being in pain and stuff like you really can't and <laughs> like it's really important that you like take those breaks because you need them mm-hmm. so what I did what I was just I was just, leave the room and not say anything like I would kind of just be like and if someone did ask I'd be like oh I'm going to the bathroom or like oh I'm going to get a drink or like oh I'm doing this like and then I would just like ghost them like Irish exit and I was just like go into another room and like decompress or like use my heating pad or like do any of the things that I needed to do to like get my energy level up and then I actually did end up we had it at my house i ended up going upstairs early and like calling it a night and like just getting in my bathtub because like i needed to um so don't feel bad about that and um actually christmas i like pieced out of there i did not go to my christmas because um there's like too much things with COVID going on and it was like a long drive and i didn't feel comfortable and instead i just had it at home which I know a lot of people are like I don't want to disappoint my family or like I don't want to like say no or I don't want to show up but like honestly even if they don't understand like you need to protect your health first and like if going to like a Christmas party like an hour away is gonna literally kill you for like two days is it really worth it like instead I just FaceTimed them and it was fine so like you have to kind of do what works for you and like not really feel bad about it because is it gonna is it is it worth like disappointing your family for like a
0: night versus being in pain for three days right no when ultimately we're the ones that pay the price if we over yeah it. yeah
2: and that's yeah. and that's a big thing as well people like I mean I think people like to push you and be like oh come on like let's just do just one more or, yeah we're just this and this and I'm like yeah cool like yes I would love to but yeah again you're not the one paying the price like you know what I mean like people aren't gonna judge you for being tired people aren't gonna and
1: that's where you like have to advocate for yourself you have to say like I love that you want me to stay I love that I mean so much to you but you know my body's not gonna love me if I do and like just kind of bring it back like you know when I first got a dog, I was always like, I have to leave because I have to let my dog out. You know, it's kind of like that. Like, yeah. don't <laughs> use your dog as an excuse every time. Like, literally, it's full, full proof, full safe. Nobody ever questions it. You know, it's your illness is literally like God's gift for you to get out of situations you don't want to be in.
2: Well, you said that a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> just- <laughs>
0: I don't use it as an excuse very often, occasionally. I in high school, yet,
1: but in high school I definitely
0: did like oh if, my god
1: if I had an illness in high school I feel like I would
0: literally use it all the time I
2: I like to just make up something like very dramatic I think my go-to is normally oh my my hamster's having open heart surgery <laughs> I gotta go and then people are like laughing, Actually, and you're gone. By the time they realize it, and you're know, like, sweet.
1: I posted a meme like a like maybe a week ago, and it was like when you clog the toilet at someone's house, and I was like, drop your best like excuses, and they like someone said something about their hamster or like their goldfish or something, and I was like, that is so funny. Oh.
2: <laughs> Got to walk my my goldfish. Yeah. I, I let them out.
0: Listen, I think my best excuse though was well, like it was always rooted in the truth. Like it would be like, yeah, I can't participate because I have a full body rash. And they'd be like, (laughs) really? And I'd be like, yeah, see my face and you want to see it. (laughs) And then they'd be like, oh, was that necessarily limiting me from participating? Not not really but I didn't want to be there so no high school high school is definitely where all my excuses came out but I
1: think like honestly advocating for yourself in like certain situations like that like for me for work like when I was working I would not because like they made me like I mean a little bit they made me feel pressured to be there but like I was putting so much pressure on myself to like constantly show up even though like like my I think my last week of work like I had like the darkest circles under my eyes I wound up like throwing up in the bathroom a couple times and like literally was like I have to go like I can't be here like why am I here and like I literally had a couple coworkers be like why are you here like Mm -hmm. go home and I'd be like I just feel like so much pressure to be there and like show up and like I didn't want to let anyone down and I just felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders and like my perspective has changed so much since then that I'm like, if I was that, that girl, like, like a couple months ago, I would be like, yeah, like, I'm not coming in today. Like, good luck. Like, you know, because like, your health is so freaking important. Like, there's one thing that you can't get back. And it's your health. Like, you can make up work, you can like catch up on stuff. But you can't like, reverse like all of the things that are going on in your body so it's so important like in in situations where you're with family friends work whatever like if you feel physically like you can't make it like
0: you should not go and it's okay and there have been so many times where I've pushed myself and I've ended up because of it in the hospital like yeah these choices have consequences. lasting consequences yeah. so I think you know it's definitely a, a tricky thing to do. And it definitely takes practice, but advocating. And it's scary. Work, it's yeah. very it's scary. So
1: scary. But once you do it once, I feel like you kind of get like a little like kick of like badass and you're like, oh, okay. Like I did this, you know, Yeah, 100%. I can do it again. And I think like, like I think the first time I told like a nurse, like off because she was like way off um, on telling me things about my illness that she didn't have and I did and I was just like who are you the first time I did that I was like like when she
0: left the room I was like did you see that I was like that was me I told my therapist last week I was like she's like look how much progress you've made Maddie and I'm like yes I'm a regulated bitch and she (laughs) said I'm not sure I would go that far just kidding she was very supportive but um uh, that's my new go-to is like I'm an advocated bitch like I don't know yeah just yeah I I mean I always the the hair flip is apparently necessary it is I
1: always tell my followers like advocate for yourself it's so freaking important especially with chronic illness because like you are the only one that is ever going to care as much because you're dealing with it. Like your dog doesn't care. Your mailman doesn't care. Like nobody cares that you, like you're the, like obviously people around you care, but like nobody can care as much as you because you're living with it. You have to live with it every day. Like you can't jump out of your body as much as you want to. Like you have to really show up and advocate for yourself. And like I can't believe like I didn't like I was I didn't do it from the start because like I feel like I would have gotten better medical attention I would have avoided a lot of like uncomfortable conversations I would have like you know I there was like there's so much like there's so many things I had to cancel because like I had like I, I remember the first time I told someone like I had to cancel because of my IBS I was like oh my god they're gonna think I'm either a lying or b like I'm a weirdo because like everyone always associates IBS for like shitting yourself so
0: well I mean oh like my, mine does I mean it's, it it's valid myself. it's a valid
2: <laughs> it's valid but it's like I can't do anything about it <laughs> but
0: it's like yeah so
1: I remember when I did and like the response I got was like really supportive and I was like yeah. what I was like oh okay and so then after that I was like not really afraid like I feel like once you do it and like what's the worst that can happen a they don't understand which is like fuck them then who cares like not your loss yeah. and b they understand and like you gain a supportive queen friend you know
0: i yeah. think the more you advocate for yourself the more you figure out who your people are 100 percent. yeah
1: and the more comfortable you get with doing it like it comes more naturally like when you're first advocating for yourself you're like um i don't uh but then after a while you're like, yeah, I can't make it. Sorry. Deal with it. Bye. <laughs> like, I, you know? Right.
0: It it used to be, you know, like the profuse apologies or like, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, oh, was, no, yeah.
2: Sorry, 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 so sorry, sorry. Can do it. Um,
0: sorry, I'm like this. Sorry,
1: I exist. Sorry, I'm here. Pretty I'm much. So sorry. 100
0: percent well, I'm so excited that we got to tackle this topic. I think it's, yes. it's so valuable, and you have some great insight into the world of chronic illness. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to an episode of Co-Amunities. That was weird. You were supposed to chronic Oh, shit. Uh, all
2: right, we'll, rest- we'll restart
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> hi everybody and welcome back to co chronically... That's chronically
2: not...
0: what is the name of the thing apparently this whole thing is going to be a blooper i don't know what is the I name of the show chronicles. community chronic oh like chronicles hey, you came up with. i that. did come up with the name. <laughs> the name i off? don't know apparently oh, my th- brain th- shut th- off th- <laughs>